0: This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 88, recorded on May 14th, 2018. I'm your host, Matt Lyons, and in this week's episode, we'll be talking about the unstoppable Francisco Lindor, the watchability, or I think right now, tonight, the unwatchability of the Indians, baseball's marketability problem, the outfield, your questions, and so much more. Um, And for anybody listening who's listened to the podcast for any amount of time, you're going to notice a different voice here, not mine. Unfortunately, I'm still here. Um, But Jason Lucart, who was my co-host for, I think... I think we've been doing it for two years now, but he went and got himself a family. He's He was married. He's got a daughter now, so things got a little busy, so he's stepping back from the podcast for now. Um, but luckily, Let's Go Tribe is filled with a lot of talented, way more smarter people than myself, so I can bring other people on. So my host from now on, um, until he decides to quit and run away, is Merritt Rolfing. So Merritt, how you doing? I'm pretty good. <laughs> I, I don't I, know. <laughs> your excitement matches my excitement for the Indians today. <laughs> It's I a very even watching
1: the Indians. This is going terribly, all right?
0: <laughs> See, and you we were just talking before the show that you managed to miss all of the worst parts of the season because you decided to go and get married. So I know. Time you were crazy. on your honeymoon while the rest of us were watching Alexio Gondo do whatever the hell that was.
1: Completely forgot he Yeah, forgot he was even on the team. And I just saw his stats. I was like, oh yeah, that happened. That was a interlude, to say the least, I suppose.
0: I think it was literally one
1: game, right? And that was one point one innings or out. something like that. Yeah, God yeah. Lord.
0: It felt a lot longer than that. It was not a good outing.
1: <laughs> who are all these? People? I, mean, I was saying before we started. I don't know who, who any of these relievers are anymore. Like I was watching the other day, and Oliver Drake was on the mound. And I'm who or I don't know. You keep on drilling into it, I should know who Jeff Bellavio is, and I just don't want to know.
0: You really? So should. I'm just. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'm
1: just. I'm just. I. I, I don't. Have, I only have so many things I have to know. In this world. And I'm just not going to include Jeff Bellevue and, and maybe he's maybe he'll get good. I don't know. But <laughs> I'm going to hold my breath. Other than that, I'm
0: great. I'm Other, than that, yeah. Other than that, the pressing, crushing bullpen. It's good. Other good things <laughs> are happening. <laughs> so we do actually have, believe it or not, um, a lot of good things happened this week for the Indians. Um, prior to the night, it seemed like so long ago the Indians' bullpen was destroying everything. But the offense has been really good for a long time. And a big reason for that is Francisco Lindor. Um just won his second player of the week award. I don't think he'd won before this, I think that was his first one. And it was like yeah. actually a really bad week for him because he had a couple bad plays on defense that cost him games. But this second one feels a lot more like I mean, he deserved the other one, but I'm guessing he likes this one a lot more too, because he had a great overall week. He still isn't great on defense. That's something we can talk about too, but but overall he's hitting way better. Uh, or just hitting like amazingly over the last two weeks compared to the first month. The the balls that he's hitting up in the air finally getting out, so he's getting all those home runs um so yeah what do you think of francisco Lindor's two weeks here He's got two back-to-back player of the week awards under his belt now
1: oh yeah like you said it's I, I i always wonder if the weather really has that much impact i mean obviously it does it's a ball flying through the air but like could the cold weather have really been suppressing his power abilities and thus and also the rest of the team for this for the entire month of april maybe i don't know he's still striking out an awful lot Although he has to cut his strikeout rate from 20.6 in April to just 11.9 this month. So that's encouraging, I suppose. Um, I don't think it's tenable, but you never know. I mean, he could could just continue to hit 450 for the rest of the year. I did it in a video game once, and he's more talented at baseball than I am at video games. So I feel like it's doable. I just, I don't know, I was looking at his numbers earlier today, and or the last 162 games, he has 37 home runs, and I every time he does he he does these things, he hits these booming home runs. I'm I'm never going to stop being amazed because this was never what he was supposed to be. You know, he was always supposed to be the guy who does enough on offense where it's nice, and he'll be you know a good offensive player. But he's never going to be the guy who can carry a team, or and he's not the type of player who could win an MVP eventually because he just was all defense and. He'd need like a Dustin Pedroia sort of a thing. I've, re- I've said this on many podcasts before, but I was expecting that out of him instead of him becoming truly incredible. And, I don't know. the Probably the best second. At this point, now with Corey Seager, her too, probably the best shortstop in baseball. Um, I don't think that's really a bold statement at all, but this has been a streak that doesn't even feel... You know, that's kind of like how when the, when the, in the middle of the Indians' 22-game winning streak last year it just felt like they were never going to lose again because everything was going like, this is just how they play baseball, but this is just how Francisco Lindor plays. Like at this point, I expect him to be this great all the time. So yeah, no, it's been great.
0: It doesn't seem like anything. Like he's hitting the exact same way as when he was bad. It's just that things Mm -hmm. are landing where he wants them to more. And like you said, he's striking out less, but I mean, if we take, I mean, we, I guess we can just put Jose and Frankie anywhere, but are they the best, do you think, two infielders anywhere? I'd love to put them, say they're the best shortstop second base combo,
1: but oh, we can't do that I right mean, now.
0: I think shortstop third base is not even close.
1: No, I think they're probably the best but left if we side wanted the infield, but, I mean, you know, you got, got, I mean, the Astros do still have a reigning MVP, and Carlos Correa is no slouch. Right. So there is that, but in this moment, I would say they're the best, but overall, I mean, we're splitting hairs at, at that point, but they're, they're, Yes, they're they're two of the best players at their their position, and probably the the combined might that they have together is some of the best you I don't know better than we've ever anyone ever expected, and definitely better than we've seen in Cleveland since probably ever. To be quite honest with you
0: we. Yeah, so everybody knew, like you were saying, Francisco Lindor would be great on defense. Nobody would be great on offense. And it seemed like a lot of people knew Jose Ramirez would be anything. And now they're two of the best players in the league that yeah, happened to exactly. be on the team we watch. So that's really fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's truly stupendous. And I mean, I think that you chalk it up to the, the Indians' thing in particular. As I was mentioning to you before we started recording, the Indians' farm system is third or fourth in home runs across the farm system in all of baseball. Um, And this is not an anomaly. They were that way last year, too. And I don't have a lot of fear about them having any kind of power outage or offensive outage coming from the farm Um, anytime soon. They just seem to have such such a knack at developing guys into great hitters. I mean, Bradley Zimmer, notwithstanding. (laughs) uh, I mean, he hits the ball real hard. He just doesn't hit the ball very often, I suppose. That's that's a, a negative. It's just the... (laughs) <laughs> but no, they're incredible. It, it's truly incredible to have them on the same team together, and the fact that they are able to overshadow guys like Edwin Carnacion and and Michael Brantley to the extent that they can, is it never stops being just truly stupendous. And they're like twenty four and twenty three years old or something like that. So
0: yeah, and Ramirez is under contract through I think like twenty twenty two or it was even twenty twenty three with options and Lindores, yeah, for another three years. So. There's a lot of good in those two, and if yeah, we're talking yeah. overshadowing, I mean, they have more home runs than Gene Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure that won't last forever, but for now, that is a very fun fun fact.
1: Well, after tonight, I think didn't, Ramirez is now tied for the lead in home runs at 13 in the American League or something like that. Huh? Yeah, they were both one behind, and now he's tied. Yeah, yep. yeah, okay, yeah. So hmm. and the That's other fun, k-
0: the other kind of interesting thing about Lindor um i found this today because i mean uh, and again another thing we were saying before the show is that it's hard to find things to write about right now (laughs) so i was just kind of like looking through lindor's numbers everything i could find and i found one thing so against lefties um he's a switch hitter, obviously so when he's batting no when he's batting as a lefty so when he's facing right handers um teams are starting to shift on him a lot for some reason um in his plate appearances as a lefty so far he's been shifted on 22 times he wasn't shifted on 22 times in his whole career before this but this year it's like 20 percent of his at-bats as a right-handed hitter teams are shifting on him I don't know if that's just because they're seeing the power spike but I mean he was pulling the ball a little bit last season so somebody was thinking oh we can get this tiny advantage against such a great hitter Mm -hmm. but he's not pulling the ball again this year it's going everywhere again it's going too high the shifts are not I mean he's hitting better against the shift than he is not against the shift right now and most of that isn't even like Hitting an opposite field, it's just hitting it so hard.
1: <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Hard yeah. in the air. And it's again, not not a thing anybody was expected, but still, there you go. Yeah.
0: So outside he had of a
1: couple, he had a couple of missiles just just foul today, too. Like I mean, if, if he would straightened three or four of those balls he had out, they'd all they all would have been home runs. He just I don't know, the amount of power he develops is is mind blowing to me. Yeah, I,
0: I do wonder now if there were there were reports that he was just kind of bored in the minor leagues. I wonder how much of that is true. Like after seeing yeah, how no, good right? he can hit. That, that sounds more and more likely. Um, so even with Lindor and Ramirez, the Indians team is kind of hard to watch occasionally. <laughs> they do have these big offensive games. It's not nearly as bad as it was in the early parts of the season where it was all just pop-ups and double plays. And uh, But even when the offense is clicking now, there never seems to be everything working at one time with the Indians so far. It's either the offense was bad, now the offense is great, the bullpen's bad, and the starting pitcher's starting to struggle. Um. So this team is just kind of frustrating. It's weird that this—I mean—they're st- I mean, still in first place because the division is so terrible. But um, I would like the Indians to start being fun for more than like two games at a time <laughs> and not being just hair pullingly weird all the time.
1: Well, and tonight the uh, Monday night as we recorded this is just—I think uh, it was a perfect storm of things too. I mean, they were facing a very boring pitcher and looking terrible against him in uh, Mike Fires. Um. The bullpen showed up again. The randos showed the bullpen, and then Carlos Carrasco had had one of his his occasional I think he used to do it way more, where he just kind of gets weird and fidgety on the mound, and like really slows everything down, and just doesn't. I don't know. I don't know whether he thinks too much or he just really the, the pace slows down to just a molasses. And tonight was just a perfect storm of all that. It was just, it was it was just it was, just, it was just bad baseball, quite honestly. I mean, you just booted boot the ball. Um, they looked bad on offense. There wasn't a lot of strikeouts from Carrasco. And it's against a terrible team, too. Like, this is a game by, by all rights they should have just dominated. They were, they were playing five or six AAA players, and then a decaying you know Victor Martinez on offense the Tigers were, and yet they hung six runs on him so far. And the game's not over yet, too. So
0: that's no, Oh, go, oh ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> well, no, you know. go so the Tigers, they're, they're, do you want to guess their top three hitters if you don't remember? Right now? today th- This <laughs> no, year? No, they're, their leadoff, their top three hitters in the lineup tonight.
1: Oh, I know it's Mikey Matook Because <laughs> I, I can't put his name. And then, no, I got nothing. I Because uh, Martinez is fourth. So, no, I have no idea.
0: No, nope, Martinez is John third.
1: John Green, something like that.
0: Number four, the cleanup hitter, is James McCann.
1: My God, Pete Cosma's on that <laughs> team. Cosme, I forgot about yeah. that. That is their number two
0: hitter. The slot where you put your best hitter is Pete Cosmo. <laughs> is the guy named Goodrum? I don't...
1: Like, Nico Goodrum, is. never heard of him. Yeah, again, just who are these? Dixon Machado, I mentioned in an article for another website one time because he was hitting the ball really hard at one point. But, nah, no, this team is, is nothing. It's a bunch of non-names and guys who you'll never see again. And they're just winning six to two right now in the in the top of the ninth with their closer Shane Green on the mound. <laughs> As you
0: lean over to read it, I don't <laughs> <even> think Tigers <laughs> fans be mad about us saying this. Like they realize their team is not good.
1: That's the whole point of the, of the season, right. right? Is for them to be terrible. So <laughs> right. yeah, like it's just
0: is this and a matter winning, of just... the Indians playing to their competition or just random bullshit early in the
1: season? I mean, I don't know. It's, I've I've written many times over the years about the Indians' struggles with middle and lefties. You know, just left-handed pitchers who just. Are hard to hit for whatever reason, but that was because they were so left lefty heavy back in the in like 2012 and 13, and even 14. Um, but Mike Fires is not left-handed. <laughs> but they yeah. were just they, they just look terrible against him. They just look so bad against him. And I, I, I don't, I, I, again, I don't know if it's just one of those nights or or what. And that combined with a less than super effective Carlos Carrasco just let leads to a dreadful game. That's all.
0: I'm going to skip ahead to the because you mentioned that the fact that he's right handed. So we're going to tie up, mm-hmm. talk about the outfit a little bit here. Uh, Brandon Geyer, who noted not very good against right handed hitter. I mean, he's great against lefties, uh, but he was in the game. I think there was like two on and one out or something like that. And he mm-hmm. was up to bat and he, or no, there's two okay. outs and he struck out. Yeah. Like it's very clear. Bradley Zimmer's not on the disabled list yet, but he, if he didn't bat there, he is probably dead somewhere or about to go on the disabled list. Cause that. Oh.
1: I mean, I don't know if they're just giving him a couple more days because at this point, I don't think they can survive on an, another outfielder under the table. So at this point, you have – who are the healthy outfielders? I, the guys that were playing tonight pretty much, right? That, Plus Rajai exactly Davis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, th- Rajai Davis. Are, I about. Yeah, and th- those, are the, those are the healthy guys. Rajai Davis can't hit his way out of a paper bag th- at this point. Uh, but, like, it's irritating that it's, it's not hinging, but it's, that so much hinges on a, on a free-swinging – Young outfielder who still hasn't proved himself at the plate, and then Lonnie Chisenhall. But it is because they plan so much on platoons and the defensive prowess of Zimmer, you know, holding over for his lack of offensive ability. Plus, now Naquin's hurt too. Like, it's amazing the things that they didn't do in the off season, which was to take care of the bullpen and take care of the outfield, and how those exact things are biting them in the ass. It's. I don't know if it's bad luck, karma, or just the way baseball works because if you don't take care of something, it's going to blow up in your face sooner rather than later. But, yeah, it's, it's its a total mess. And Brandon Guyer should not have been playing tonight, but it, it's, just, again, proof positive of everything that's going wrong with the Indians right now. Yeah, I forget, and, yet, again, they're still in first place.
0: And I forgot that Rajai Davis was even on the base. It's weird they didn't use him there or something. You yeah, knew Brandon Guyer wasn't going to hit. I mean, Rajai Davis is not great, but Brandon Guyer against a right-hander is not good.
1: I mean, the only logic I see is they just – Greg Allen, maybe he's better hit hitting. And the, the defense is a push one or the other. Maybe he's got a better arm. And you can't play Raja Davis in right, obviously, because he's, he's got a noodle on his shoulder. So, what do you do in that case? They have – at this point, they have too many left fielders on the team. And none of them are the right kind of left. They're all defensive replacement left fielders. And that's not a good thing, Matt. That's a bad thing. <laughs> Is
0: that bad? I've been told it's
1: bad. Like, just,
0: <laughs> I mean, well, limited range and no bets. That's. Hmm. I and, have a talent. Bad
1: talent, but you know.
0: And as far as uh, like not dealing with the bullpen and outfield in the, the offseason, I think a lot of that is just random injuries that were the two like weakest spots they got injured in. Oh, I think yeah. if Andrew Miller stays healthy, the bullpen mostly stays fine. If everybody in the outfield is not hurt. Although I guess even then, uh, Bradley Zimmer and Tyler Naik, they should have been relying on them anyway. But now that they are and they are hurt, it's not looking great. And Lonnie Chisenhall too.
1: Well, um, I expected them to rely on Bradley Zimmer because I expected him to start 140 games. Not, I didn't expect him to hit more than like a, you know, like a 750 OPS or something like that. But you don't need that out of him because he can cover. You know, he's what the third fastest guy in all of baseball, and he's nine feet tall. So I just figured he'd be able to make up for his his offensive deficiencies with his defense also cover up any holes you have with Brantley and whoever plays right. I mean, if you have a great defensive outfield, a guy who can cover a lot of ground and center, then and Chisinau's arm plays better and Brantley can do whatever he does and left. So, but I don't know. I figured he'd be an everyday player. And I think that injury is a bigger deal than, I don't know if any, I don't know. I, I think it's a bigger deal than, than we were really thinking about because he was a vital piece. And because he gets hurt, then you have to make one play center or whoever. And, and it's all just a domino effect from there because he gets hurt and then we have Greg Allen. And we all love Greg Allen, right? We're all big Greg Allen fans here. But. Sure. I will I say
0: <laughs> I like Greg Allen, but I've never <laughs> <Sure>. been <laughs> the most timid <laughs> sure ever. I don't. I mean, I like Greg Allen. I don't get the, like, he's the next Kenny Lofton thing. I don't think he's that good. I do like Greg Allen a lot. I like that he bunted for a hit tonight with two outs and managed to make it. Um, but I've never seen Greg Allen superstar as a real thing. Um, no,
1: no, that's not a no. Yeah. That will never be a thing. But it's you know, he's exciting, and that's that's the magic of the prospect, I suppose. Especially a, a highly athletic prospect who plays center field. everyone loves center fielders because you know they're they're sexy. So you know, yeah. that's all. Well, unless it's Bradley Zimmer, <laughs> I don't think those two words have been said in the same sentence <laughs> ever. Those legs, we I love man. Bradley I don't know about Zimmer, face, but... we all love <laughs> him. But he's just not the handsomest man in the world.
0: And at BrownBags99 uh, on Twitter, he actually wanted to know, will Bradley Zimmer last more than five years in the league if he doesn't start playing smarter and protecting his body? Has to learn when to play off the wall not dive when it's unnecessary? I don't think I mean, diving just, is Bradley Zimmer's problem. I think it's sprinting into the wall is what's going to end him.
1: I'm just going to type in a couple of random letters into Google that out the letters, Grady Sizemore. <laughs> oh, Let's see, how many years did he last in the league? <laughs> uh, you know, he got, got, got a 10-year career out of it. I mean, granted, like only <laughs> six of them were any good, but... honestly that's yeah i i agree with him he needs to learn how to know that when the grass turns to dirt you should probably slow down a little bit yeah because he's exciting and then horrifying to watch all too many times i mean he's going so and
0: he's not like a a sturdily built looking guy he's just all legs and spindly arms and he's gonna crash into walls and hurt himself i don't think diving is a problem at all i think he can do that all day yeah we've seen him do that a bunch the only i guess real problem is like separating his shoulder like michael brantley which, by the way, Brantley dove the other night, and I, like, my heart stopped. It wasn't even a dramatic dive. He just sort of, like, flopped to the ground and was like, no!
1: do Gently laid down. Yeah. <laughs> you stay standing up, sir.
0: I don't care if they get, like, a triple off you. You do not dive. It's not worth it's
1: just, it. It seems like uh, Zimmer runs into the worst parts of the wall, too. Like, where it's, like a, like, a stanchion with fencing next to it. And he hits, like, the corner of a, like, a, 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 it's, it's still a padded metal bar. But it seems like he runs into the hardest parts of the wall.
0: Oh yeah, especially when you're going as fast as him, it does not
1: matter with that little padding. Exactly. Yeah, it's 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 not going to save anything. If only all those idiotic dives in the wall were leaping catches to rob home runs. What a star <laughs> he'd be, huh? You have like twelve of them at this point. Yeah,
0: I mean, I guess the problem is we need people to start heading over
1: the wall instead of into the wall. I know. Come on, guys. <laughs> you know, as it warms up, he'll he'll get healthier. That's that's, that's yeah. all we can count on. <laughs> all, those will all just be dingers. That's, that's 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 all we care about here.
0: So Andrew Miller, um, he's technically back in the bullpen. He had a pretty rough outing. I don't know if he pitched tonight and did get a chance to see, but his first one, he gave up runs in that, that god-awful comeback against the Royals. Um, and then last night, he was, or was it last night or the night before, he was actually pretty good. Two strikeouts and a walk, which is perfectly fine, I think, for a second game back. I think the first game back was even fine. He was going to get roughed up, and it wasn't a huge deal. But Andrew Miller's back. That makes exactly one exciting bullpen arm right now, I think. Um, <laughs> how about this bullpen
1: collapse, Merritt? I mean, it's dreadful, right? It's We all wrote about it. I'm pretty sure everyone who writes for Let's Go Tribe wrote at least one article about how they're probably going to miss Brian Shaw more than they think they will. And even if Brian Shaw isn't good this year, I haven't really looked at his stats lately. I remember he was having kind of a bad run there for a bit. But it's a they little just bad, yeah. That, they missed that <laughs> type of thing, basically. Yeah. They just missed the guy who could just gobble up innings because I don't think it's a good idea for Andrew Miller to throw more than – 50 innings this year at this point i mean he's 33 years old you know they the the whole point of this whole season is to just get through it and get to october because at this point it, it sucks to just walk past an entire baseball season because literally i just i just wait through winter to for it to be summertime again so i can watch baseball but you know if you if you're watching the indians because you're a fan all the meaning is in, in october and that's so built around Andrew Miller and Cody Allen, and then this hideous mess they have behind them. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone could have expected Dan Otero to be this bad, but he's just been so bad here. And I don't know if that's a luck thing, but he's taking up so many hits, and like a, a sinker ball pitcher should not be giving up that many home runs.
0: And I it's think,
1: all their, up, Yeah.
0: It's all there, like good luck guys. There's Nick Goody, Tyler Olsen, <laughs> Dan Otero. They all just collapsed at once.
1: Well, and 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 as you wrote about, it, like, well, I, I believe it was you who wrote about it with Andrew Miller leaving. Like, if you were still there, it wouldn't look quite so bad. But like, they all have to pick up a little bit of the slack. Like Tyler Olson had to become more than just a loogie. He had to become a an Andrew Miller type. And oh boy, to, uh, Nick Goody again. Like, the, the, their problem is, is they just I don't know. As I wrote about a couple weeks ago, they, their inability to develop even not even a, a, a relief ace. And what they have done. Um, in Cody Allen, at least, but a, another arm, you know, and even one other arm, anywhere that they, that does such a good job. the Last few years of finding one, whether it's Manship or Zebchinski for for a little while, or someone like that, or even Otero, what last year and two years ago. But it's just it's such a, a mess across the board now, and like I don't think that they should rely on Andrew Miller or and or and Cody Allen to throw more than a hundred. What, 15 innings maybe combined because that's just not a good idea. Because they need. Go ahead. Well, they they need them just to to pitch in October. And I just pitch lots of innings in October. We've seen what October looks like now. And it's starters that last five innings. Like, even if the entire rotation gets there healthy, of those, of the big four guys, like, can we really count any of them to be more than a, a six inning guy? And that's. That's. That's my piece. That's all.
0: <laughs> I do think the the whole finding relievers thing, it's not just the Indians. I think that's most of the way, I mean, teams are going. I think it's getting harder and harder to develop middle relievers guys, middle middle bleh, middle reliever guys who either don't turn into starters or aren't just your closer. So I think a lot of, I think the Dodgers did it last year with a couple guys. They've done that before, like with Joe Blanton and others. Um, it's not working for them this year. Like it's not working for the Indians. But I think we're going to see a lot more teams just going out and finding cheap guys. Um, I think teams are going to regret paying for like the Brian Shaw's, or they pay him a ton of money. But there's going to be more like Jeff Manships, Dan Otero's, what the Indians are doing. You just have to get lucky with a couple middle reliever guys, I think.
1: Well, and then you like you have cases like a team like the Astros, you know, who who can either find a guy and then turn him into something great, whether it's by giving him pine tar or actually showing him how to throw a pitch to <laughs> to, to have more depth, in, you know, more depth in its break as they as they kind of helped uh, Justin Verlander do or the way they developed on purpose a middle reliever in in uh what's his name what's his name Davinsky. like the whole point of him was not to be a closer or to be a starter but to be a 2 to 3 inning kind of fireman so i think you'll see more of that over time but it's that it's that fine i don't know i'm wondering if it's actually getting harder to find those those kind of diamonds in the rough cuz everyone's doing the same exact thing now too you know Every, everyone is on the same the, the playing field is about as, as level as you can get when it comes to analytics and, and finding kind of just rarities out there. Because what else is there? I mean, I guess you could go over to Korea and find some, I don't know, some guy that no one has ever heard of pitching for some, you know, class B team or something like that. But that's not actually how any of this works. So,
0: I mean, give me a ball. off at 20 miles an hour and get a strike once in a while. You never know,
1: could work. Listen, uh, we, we saw... <laughs> Nick Swisher got a, get a save or pitch an inning or something or got a strikeout a while back. You know, it happens every now and again. Position players can do these things. Yeah, there, I mean, there's this guy out in Anaheim who's a pretty good pitcher, well, also hitting a lot of home runs. Why can't you need to get someone like that? That's what they should do. <laughs>
0: can they just get on the show, hey, Tani? Come on. I yeah, mean, don't quit being so cheap. They're
1: everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly.
0: <laughs> so, Danny Salazar comes back and is like any kind of healthy. Is there any real chance he goes to this third? Or is he just you think, a bullpen arm now. Because well, they no. need a bullpen I mean, arm so much more than a starter, I think.
1: That's what I hate about the whole Danny Salazar thing, is is they've repeated time and again because everyone keeps on saying, why shouldn't he go in the bullpen? How about the bullpen? Let's let's make him a bullpen guy. But, but the, the constant refrain, right, is no, he is not a bullpen guy. He's going to be a starter because he needs time to warm up, I guess. Which, I don't know. The human body is an amazing mysterious thing and we don't all operate the same exact way but what is what is so special about danny Salazar that he can't be a bullpen guy i don't know i mean it takes by andrew miller's own admission it takes him two or three innings to get ready like if you go and watch you know if you go and go to an indians game every and you start watching the bullpen when he need a lead andrew miller might be coming in in the seventh inning but he's up in the fifth doing you know towel drills and throwing a weighted ball against the wall and getting his arm and body ready because he's you know, a million feet a man. So, I don't know. I, I don't see why it makes any sense for him to be anything but a bullpen guy because that's what they need at this point. They need someone who can cover two and three innings at a time. But, I don't know. The whole Salazar thing is depressing to me. I feel like it ties, I, it ties into
0: those reports that he was, I don't I think they said lazy specifically, but like he, did, he wasn't doing great in between his rehab starts, basically. I think they just kind of thrown up their hands and say, whatever, he's a starter. You mm-hmm. can't
1: work as a reliever
0: because we can't get him to do what we want him to do. I mean, that's a huge well, stretch, that, maybe, but
1: that was a, well. That was a, that's been a running thing kind of throughout his career, though, hasn't it? With him just being with, with there being kind of veiled criticisms of his work ethic, mm-hmm. really, throughout. Like when, when he was having struggles, I think it was twenty sixteen, maybe twenty fifteen, one of those years. But there was just, like, Francona was saying how he just wasn't doing the work, or maybe it was Callaway saying he wasn't doing the work between starts that you really need to do to be truly excellent. Yeah. And, I, yeah, that was and, nice, and yeah. it's, it's definitely a theme. It's definitely been a theme to his career. And I wonder if that's not something that is holding him back. Like he was saying he does, he's at this point, he, maybe he's afraid because, you know, you're a pitcher and on your arm starts going then you get your meal ticket and your career's over. And he is yet to get his real big payday or anything like that. I mean, at this point, Maybe he'll never see it. I don't know. That's which is a sad thing to say, but
0: I mean, it's a free me- agent. It's only a couple more years, right?
1: I mean, probably two. I yeah. mean, that's the thing. But what's a couple more years? If you, all of a, if all of a sudden your arm's gone, then no one's going to want you, right? Right. It's, but if he could turn himself into a, a relief pitcher, like then all of a sudden a couple more years is only 180 innings instead of you know five or six hundred, which is better for your arm, even if it's not the ideal situation for you.
0: So 2021 so... is his free agent year. So, I mean, he's got a couple years to build himself he up does,
1: again. But... He's, yeah. He's so small. <laughs> how, how high can he really build himself up, man? You know? He's you so just stand on
0: Bradley Zimmer's shoulders and get really tall. Oh, <laughs> no. He <laughs> created some
1: sort of horrifying golem, man.
0: No.
1: <laughs> I don't know. What, what's the reports now? When is he supposed to be back? I was looking at the DL list a little while ago, but it's it's going to be, what, until June, I think he's shut down now, right? I yeah, especially shelved until the beginning of June, so we have another couple weeks before we probably hear anything.
0: Yeah, wasn't it on the 60 day DL? Or was that someone yeah, on, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, yep. That's it. So shoulder information or shoulder problems are always bad news. Yeah. Especially for someone you know, who's again, his size and does what he does. So one of the um
0: one of the things me and Jason always talked about, I guess I kinda did because I was always hard on it the most, is that I hate how most unmarketable baseball players seem to be, or how bad MLB is at marketing them.
1: Oh, they're um, so bad at it. They're, they're awful. Like, one of their latest the examples. most boring guys, too. Like, all right. My problem is their marketing of the home run so much. That's my real problem. I wrote an article about this last year about how triples are the best, and how I saw it like five triples went into Camden Yards one time, and it was super great. Home runs are boring, Matt. Home runs and strikeouts are boring. Anyway, continue.
0: Oh, no, I'm fully with you with that. I... I get that it's the best way to win. I'm not arguing against that. But I really want some breakthrough to happen where we realize, oh, we can win better with more just putting the ball in play. I want that to happen. I don't expect anybody to do it <laughs> because it's not right. But
1: I remember it's that so was so the when, when the Royals won their, their championships, like, well, now everyone's going to be putting put the ball in play. Yeah. Like, no, no one's going to do that. They won by accident. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> everyone's confused here.
0: That and starting pitching. I, like, I hate bullpenning so much. I get that it works, it's the right thing to do, it wins.
1: I hate it. <laughs> I know. We're, just, we're just men outside of time. I know. You know um. But no, yeah. But but to your point, they are bad at marketing. I, yeah. I just – I don't know why Aaron Judge – I know why Aaron Judge is on the cover of MLB The Show. I get it. But it should have been Jose Altuve, perhaps the most exciting player in baseball. Yeah. He's not and, the best player in baseball, but he's definitely the most like dynamic out there. I would much rather watch like –
0: a ball land between the center field and right fielder and Jose fly around the bases, then Aaron Judge just hit another ball 700 feet. Like, it's not even oh. that amazing anymore.
1: After a while, you're like, everyone's doing that. Yeah. Well, not everyone. It's, it is still amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm being ridiculous here, but literally there's not two of them on one team. Like, this is, obsc- this is obscene to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you can only have... There's only one way a home run can go is you hit it hard and it goes far. Like, there's yeah. so many things that can happen when you put a ball in play that are exciting and so much about baseball that's good like that, but...
1: And what was the best home run of twenty sixteen season? That's right. Tyler Naquin's walk off inside the park home run.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? The one that didn't even leave. That's the only good Hands one. Hands
1: down. <laughs> yeah. Best hit best hit of the entire year. Yeah. By any by any player, anywhere. That's
0: best hit of a few years. What was better than that hit like in previous years or since? I can't think of any.
1: Well, to be quite honest, the Jose Jose Bautista home run in the in the uh, postseason was pretty oh, great. Oh yeah, when he flipped the bat, yeah, yeah, that was that's really crazy. cool. But you know, that, again, that's a thing happening beyond just hitting the ball, and there was emotion <laughs> and things like that too. So, that was also yeah. the
0: postseason. I mean, if you put Tyler Naquin's hit in the postseason, that's way better.
1: Someone's head would explode. Yes, <laughs> no, exactly.
0: <laughs> but uh, so the real reason that the MLB sucks this time is um, they're warning players about cleats. Uh, Mike Clevenger was the first one to tweet it that he had a bunch of artwork drawn on his shoes um mlb said their their words were non-conforming illustrations which mm-hmm. how much more authoritarian can you get than that wording but bunch but, of nerds that's what i'm mean. <laughs> here yeah and then ben Zobris and others came out said the exact same thing um and this is this is kind of a new thing i mean they haven't been that strict on enforcing it i don't know how many people have been drawing on their cleats necessarily but um i guess it's a thing that mlb has decided they don't like all of a sudden and they released a statement about it actually which said we have shoe regulations that were negotiated with the union in the last round of bargaining. If players have complaints about the regulations, they should contact their union. With negotiated, which negotiated them? We have informed the union that we are prepared to negotiate rules, providing players with more flexibility. Blah blah blah. So I have two kind of separate theories about this. I don't think they're it's doing. It's going
1: to it cause a strike. That's what's going to, do, what's going to happen. <laughs> the cleats, shoe strike.
0: <laughs> so I think either they saw that. Who um, who's that Astros pitcher that had one that was just a train wreck? It was like glued together and
1: was it oh, Trevor I don't Morgan even know. I Oh, you gotta find that.
0: He was responding to Trevor Bauer. Well not directly Trevor Bauer, but he had something on his cleats that looked like it might have been a sticky substance. So afterwards he oh yeah, okay, he had a video. Yeah. So I think either MLB saw that and they were horrified and they were like, we're gonna start enforcing shoe rules now. Or Lance McCullers, that's who it was. Okay, yeah, there you yeah. Know, that's the one. Or the kind of conspiracy theory is here, is that the the owners are just getting like any little bit of leverage they can. Because their wording in their um, their statement kind of like puts the onus on the player association. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when they go to negotiate, it's not. I don't think it's going to cause a strike itself, but <laughs> it's going to be one of many things where they can say, "Oh yeah, we'll give you this. If you want the cleats, you just gotta give into this." And then if they don't yeah, exactly. do it, it's going to reflect poorly on the players association. And then MLB can just say, "Oh, we tried to negotiate, but they wouldn't do it." Um, I mean, it's just it's just purely leverage at this point, I think. Because I don't think they care about shoes.
1: No, I don't. I mean. Unless there are total sticks in them, but no, I, I think yeah, that, that does make a great point. I think that it could just be a a they're they're looking ahead, you know, they're 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 playing their their four D chess here while the while the MLB or while the Players Association is just trying to put on new shoes. <laughs> and that's actually a good point. They're going to get screwed again in negotiations, aren't they? Yeah, you these know.
0: these are going to be ugly this time around. There's so much that's changed. Um, yeah, I know
1: so many things that just did not go right in. You know, everything. I don't know. They, they expected to go right, went wrong. With whether with the qualifying offers and all the what else? What else went
0: terribly bad for the with players? <laughs> well, the main thing they to do is just start paying their younger players. Like they always focus on veterans, but it's clear like every team focusing on analytics now realizes that over 30 players, you don't pay them. Out right. Who the some money? There's no reason to anymore. You can get basically the same production from a young guy for cheaper. So, I mean, like raise <laughs> arbitration of- prices,
1: make. It's gonna end up breaking the union too. I was talking about this with well, I was talking at my (laughs) wife about this while she just sat there quietly (laughs) about how just (laughs) about how if 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 more and more young players see that the union didn't have their best interests at heart when they were younger, then why would they support the union when they were older? You know, I mean that's how so many unions in so many different industries have died over the times because hubris with the older members trying to get keep only what they have and not caring about the younger generation that is going to be there in 10 years that will continue to support them and keep their pensions alive and things like that. So, Meanwhile, your I wife mean, looking at her
0: book going, yeah, uh-huh.
1: Yeah, well, she was driving at the time, actually, but yes. <laughs> Look at her
0: trapped in a moving vehicle. <laughs> oh, exactly. Oh, yeah, of course.
1: <laughs> Randy got baseball on the labor law, my two favorite things. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. Uh, but no, that's that, – that's like it's – definitely something you could see happening in you know the next i don't know with the next negotiation but you know two or three down the road if they don't take care of the young players and that will definitely happen and this like you said this is an interesting way for the owners to subvert any protections of, of for younger players by saying okay fine you can wear you know fun shoes and you know we can have a wider selection of walk-up music and i don't know other weird quality of life stuff that doesn't actually matter in the grander scheme of things, but it makes you feel good in the moment. So,
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's, I mean...
1: I liked his shoes, too, by the way. They really were really cool. cool. Yeah. yeah,
0: he had his Mother's Day ones, too, um, which he, I don't think he wore them on Mother's Day because he didn't pitch. So I don't know if he's going to get in trouble for that, but there was a charity that messaged him. It was Pink something. Mm-hmm. It was like, go Pink. But they, they're going to have him, um, I guess if he gets fined, like donate money to that charity for it, which I think will be really cool.
1: Cool.
0: I would hope MLB would just say sure, pay them instead of us, but I don't even know anymore.
1: <laughs> and Zobris wore black cleats, and they fight and there's like, this is against the rules because you can't wear all black shoes. Like, yeah.
0: well, I think Aaron Judge type. wears black too, right?
1: Well, I mean, it's a team color. Oh, I yeah, think right. or it's, it might be dark blue or something like that. But it's it all at least fifty-one percent of the exterior of each player's shoes must be the club's designated primary shoe color.
0: <laughs> the league what has a ble-
1: primary shoe color, Merritt. Well, the team has a primary shoe color, Matt. So <laughs> I'm gonna start watching the Indians games and what does see with their primary shoe? What do you think? Blue? Probably blue. I think it's white. Red. I've seen Kluver right? wear a lot of red. Who's out there measuring the percentage of shoe coverage? Does, <laughs> does this include the sole of the shoe? If that's the case, you can make that. You just make that whole thing just a different color, you know, and then you can just do whatever you want with the top. I mean, I bet it's sure built cast. like it can track the color. <laughs> they haven't released that public information yet, though, because they keep on not showing us everything. Yeah. You know, I really hate StatCast. I love it, but I want it. I know this is a refrain that many have said, but it's getting ridiculous. That they, like, they'll tweet out this neat image. They're like, you can look at this soon. And I'm like, when? When can I look at this? It's showing me these things. Give me one. Anyway. Yeah, I,
0: I do like all the – it's almost getting to the point where if I can't see exit velocity, I don't like it as much.
1: But no, somebody exactly. said that
0: like before the season, like if you, it's going to eventually be just like pitch speed. know yeah. Like the the series in Puerto Rico was torture because of that. Like I'm already dude, dude. addicted to Statcast stats.
1: Did they? Did they even have pitch velocity in that? Because I don't think they did. Because I was trying to write an article about a game down there, and like I, there was just a huge blank period. And, and like one of one of the, one pitcher starts was like, "How? What happened here? Like, I thought they, they had they velocity. Can... I just don't think they Maybe had they, Statcast anything. That's right, yeah, because they, they didn't have uh, the pitch types that they didn't have. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. How infuriating! <laughs> it's really throwing off a lot of percentages here. It's bugging the hell out of me. Just get Statcast in Puerto Rico. Come on, come on, Puerto get Rico! I know, you, I know you have some other things <laughs> going on right now. <laughs> Focus on this first. What about dumb radar <laughs> for, your, for your baseball stadium?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Worry about food and electricity later. We need to see oh, how I gotta hard know. Francisco Lenore was... hit this ball.
1: I need to know about how the pitch broke. I need to know. <laughs> all
0: right, Mary, let's wrap this up with some few questions. Um, everybody always asks you on Thursday on Facebook. I don't think I did Facebook this time, but Twitter gave us a ton of good questions. Um, I think you all have them built up forever, but you can either do that or email thing. me at at gmail dot Actually, I think there's, I don't know. Just email that one. It's fine. I never checked the other. One. If you've emailed SBN, let's go try with gmail.com. I've never checked it. I'm sorry um (laughs) just email my email account (laughs) (laughs) we
1: have an email address we don't know what's there
0: (laughs) i made it once and i was like i'm never gonna look at this i want to get like an actual at let's go try that'd be cool but that's a whole other thing um but anyway on on mondays we'll ask you guys for questions you can always send them over we'll take a few of the best ones and answer them um first at joel hammond everybody might know him friend of the podcast he wanted to know gonzalez has been playing well lately is his, out, is his outburst at the plate sustainable? Any chance he starts playing more in platoon with Kipnis? That's an interesting question. So the, the
1: expectation is no, right? Because we've seen, it feels like we've seen enough of Eric Gonzalez to think that, no, we know everything about him. But at the same time, we, he has batted a total of 30. No, I'm just thinking over his entire major league career, 162 times. He has played in 100 games in his entire major league career. So, honestly, no. We really don't know anything about him. Granted, his, his batting average on balls in play right now is 526. So, to answer Joel's question, no, I don't think that is sustainable. But, again, he could be changing. I just finished writing an article about Francisco Cervelli uh, a little while ago. And this is a 32-year-old we're talking about who made a lot of money already and already had a, like, a role in baseball. But he's completely changed the way he plays baseball. I don't haven't really been paying attention, attention to what uh, Gonzalez is doing. Uh, his line drive rate is up eleven points from last year. Is that sustainable? Also, I don't know. That would lead to a very high batting average on balls in play. I think line drives end up being hit like it's like a batting average of like six hundred on them or something like that. So, yeah. um, I don't know what his split numbers are like either. But no, no I don't. I don't think that's Pretty close. So. Yeah. I um. I don't. I. I'd I'd prefer to be Yandy Diaz on the team. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. I'm not. I, I'm not shy about saying that, but no, I I don't think he's going to be on the team for. Well, I mean, I, I don't think Eric Gonzalez is going to be anything more than what he is, which is too bad because he seems neat and nice. He's like a nice enough guy. <laughs> he's pretty neat, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know, he's he got big ears. Yeah, <laughs> See say? Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I don't think the the stats
0: are close enough. But if they, even if they were, so if it was close enough to maybe push. Um, him to taking over Kipnis. I don't think he would, just because of who's managing the Indians right now. We know Francona likes his guys, and Jason Kipnis is one of his guys. And he also likes having bench players who can play everywhere, and Eric Gonzalez can play everywhere. So I think the way the team's set up now is like peak Terry Francona. So I don't oh, yes. think, even if it was close, Eric Gonzalez would be taking over the starting pot, which I don't think is terrible, because... I hope to God for uh, Jason Kipnis bounces back. And I also think Gonzalez is a really good option off the bench because he can play everywhere. He seems pretty good at coming in to pinch hit. So I really like him off the bench. I just don't think he's a starter, at least on the Indians.
1: If you go on fan graphs to the uh, Indians leaderboards, you have to go to the second page to find Jason Kipnis' stats.
0: <laughs> Wasn't at one point he had like double digits, or no, we had double digits, but like one of the lowest WRC pluses? It was really
1: he's bad. so. I mean, it's 38 right now. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good.
0: <laughs> that's not good at all. And he's got to bounce he... back, right? He was on base a couple times
1: tonight, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. walking at a at his career average rate. He's striking out at about his career average rate. Yeah. Batting average on balls in play is a 90 points below his career average rate. It's just we we don't know what expect out of Jason Kipnis anymore because he keeps on getting hurt and you're like, well, he bounced back again. Who knows? We'll see.
0: <laughs> and I'm also very glad that the Indians picked um, Eric Gonzalez over Gio Urshela. I don't know if they picked it just because of the the couple good games that Gonzalez had, but if that's the case, I'm fine with it because I had I I loved Giovanni Urshela on defense, but I had enough of watching him
1: try to bat. No, sure. No, I mean I was... I agree with you. I um I didn't need any more Gio, Urshela, Gio Urshela in my life. <laughs> Feels mean to say he had his chance and he totally blew it by tanking bat- yeah. batted ball after batted ball in the ALDS last year, but that's that's pretty yeah. much the case, yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> um, so at Sox Machine, Josh he wants to know how excited are you? The Indians to play the White Sox at the end of May. <laughs> Josh is a um, he does a White Sox podcast for Sox Machine, so he knows he knows how the White Sox are going right now. But in general, this is kind of an interesting question because the Indians haven't played a ton of division games so far, and their division is—it's um, called Barbie. not great. <laughs>
1: oh, okay, yeah, you can. okay? That's
0: more—that's more, <laughs> <that's> more diplomatic. But <laughs> <laughs> well, then they play the White Sox at the end of May. They play the Twins as a makeup game, and then they play the Royals also in May. And then they just play a ton of intra-division games, which are going to be—I mean, all of June. I'm looking at the series now. There's one against Milwaukee and a series against St. Louis and the A. the the A's. Other than that, it's all the AL Central. So they can make up a lot of ground mm-hmm. and just leave the AL Central in the dust in June, I think. Or it can go yeah. terribly and they'll be like in last place. I don't know, but if they get it together in June, that could be where they pretty much seal it and can mostly let off the gas for like the last couple months, I think, unless some I'm other team, be- like the Twins, keep being annoying or something. But it is nice the schedule the Indians have just based on how bad the division is. And the fact that they got through... All the cold months playing the good teams, so who cares? Mm-hmm. So they can just dominate the bad teams later on. I think that's good.
1: I'm um, I'm hopeful moncada is healthy. I'm hopeful Garcia is healthy because that's there's a lot of fun players. That's the thing too. I mean, I just assume the Indians are going to womp on them because their pitching consists of, ugh. Uh, but offensively, there's a lot of fun. I guess the thing. I I hope Corey Kluber hits against or pitches against them because Jose Abreu beats the hell out of Corey Kluber and just, it, it baffles me and amazes me that someone can so consistently hit maybe the best pitcher in the American League right now. But I, I, to answer his question, I'm very excited because I like the White Sox. I watched a lot of White Sox game. I live in Chicago and they have a lot of good, fun young players. Uh, I think early in the season, they were hitting the ball harder than I think any, like, or they were one of the hardest hitting teams in all of baseball. And it's, Kind of continued this Matt Davidson character is a very interesting uh figure,
0: yeah, this is supposed to be their they're not their big competing year, but like they're first getting a peek of what they could look like year, and it's not right. going great,
1: <laughs> well, no, definitely not, but there there's there's winks, I suppose, like you know they they yeah, they have all these pieces there that you like you're like, these guys could be very really good, like John Moncada is gonna be maybe their big star, they have their I'm not gonna hurt you too bad offensively, great defensive shortstop and Tim Henderson. Uh, Davidson's a nice surprise. I'm wondering if they'll trade Jose Abreu this year. Uh, I don't want to turn this into a talking about the White Sox podcast too much. <laughs> I'm talking about the White Sox. Uh, they're, just their pitching is so bad. That's the thing. They, they're going to. All their pitching is, what, a year or two away, right? Like Lopez might be breaking through this year. Giolito is looking like he's not good right now, but maybe he'll figure it out lot of come up.
0: That's their big one at this point is Copic.
1: But. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't. I. I don't think we probably. I mean, we yeah. definitely won't see this year. Yeah. He's not great in AAA but, right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I mean, again, great. probably a year or two away. So we'll we'll see what they look like more. I think next year, obviously. But there's a, at least there's a lot of neat young offensive pieces that kind of tell a story of future goodness, or at least not badness. So, and their window is perfect too because. They're going to get good, just as the Royals continue to be terrible. The Indians kind of fall off, and probably the Tigers are another two years behind them, as far as that. So they're going to they're going to have the center to themselves, I think, probably for at least a couple of years. Yeah, for sure. Maybe. <laughs> so Except we'll, the Indians open forever. Anyway, go on.
0: <laughs> we'll finish up with a maybe just a short, easy one here. Um, so at Feed Your Tribe, which is the official Indians food account, they want to know what's your favorite food here at the stadium. Um, I don't – neither of us live in Cleveland. I don't know if you ever did at one point. But I haven't been to a whole lot of Indians games, unfortunately. But I had some pretty great nachos from Locos Nachos, I think it was. And I also had – I don't think it's like a a stadium food. But there was like a Food Network truck there. And I had a hot dog called the Clevelander, which had a bunch of stuff on it, which was good. I don't know. I don't, I've don't. i never eaten a bunch of food at the ballpark. So if anybody's listened this far and you want to suggest
1: something to me, I'm all for that. Um, I – um. I've been to I've been to Progressive Field once, and it was in 2007.
0: Well, there you go. So, what was your favorite food, man? I don't,
1: I'll be honest with you. I turned 21 like three days prior, so <laughs> I'm not too clear on what I was doing there. There was baseball, probably. I, I saw I saw the game five of the ALCS or team four, game four of the ALCS. So that was great, <laughs> but uh, I had a lot of fun. That's all. <laughs> I had a great. I ate a bunch of hot dogs at the Bowie Bay Sox park the other day. So there's that. Yeah, I went to a Bowie Bay Sox game. I saw the Bay Sox play the Hartford Yard Goats. And let me tell you, the Bay Sox are the AA affiliate of the Orioles. The Orioles do not have a lot coming down the pipeline. (laughs) Ooh, they're bad. Their their whole organization is a mess. They're going to be bad for a while. It's going to be great.
0: Alright, Merritt. That was that was a pretty good first show. Um, so again, thanks for um, thanks for agreeing to do this. I know you're due to a lot of writing and you got Beyond the Block score you're doing at and now you got a wife and everything. What are you doing with your life, Merritt?
1: Um, just trying to make it, man. <laughs> you know how it is.
0: <laughs> Alright. We will talk to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you next week, Merritt. Alright, you're See